Hey everyone, welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I am your host, the author of MBA Insider and founder of MBAschool.com. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help you grow your career. Thank you for tuning in today, and I'm excited to have you, and I'm excited for my guest today, who is Linda Abraham, the founder and CEO of Accepted.com. This is episode two, titled COVID-19 and what this means for MBA applicants. Linda is the founder and CEO of Accepted.com and has been in the admissions consulting field since 1994. She's incredibly knowledgeable about MBA admissions, and she's, we're going to talk all things related to the MBA admissions process and the implications of COVID-19 and what it means moving forward. There's been a lot going on with MBA programs in terms of reevaluating the application pool as a result of COVID-19. A lot of schools are making changes to their policies for this year and potentially next year. And Linda and I are going to talk about some of those changes and what they mean for current MBA applicants as well as future MBA applicants. So I'm really excited to dig into the show. All right. Welcome today to the MBA Insider Podcast. I'm very excited uh, to welcome my guest today, uh, Linda Abraham, the founder and CEO of Accepted.com. And I've known Linda for, for many years, and I remember as an MBA prospective uh, student reading Accepted.com and reading the blogs for admissions advice. And that's one of the reasons why I'm excited to have her here, because um, she has She's an expert in this field. She knows all about the MBA admissions game. And in addition to just the general uh, opportunities that exist with MBA admissions right now, um, we're living in an interesting time in an interesting world. Everything is influenced by COVID-19, including MBA admissions. And I'm excited to have Linda to talk a little bit about that. Uh, so Linda, thank you for, for joining today. Um, I guess maybe just to start, you wanna just give a quick uh, background and overview of, of yourself? Okay. Well, before I do that, I first of all want to thank you very much for the kind introduction and for having me on the show. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, in terms of a, a little background, I'm born and raised and lived almost all my life in Los Angeles, California. I attended UCLA undergrad and also for graduate school. I have my own MBA from what was then the Graduate School of Management. And uh, I founded Accepted in 1994, put it on the web in 1996. And it's been growing and developing ever, ever since. Great. And in addition to this, uh, this podcasting is something you're used to. You're just on the other side of this because you host a podcast yourself. Is that, is that right? That's, that's correct. We started our podcast in 2012 and okay. it's been going. Initially, it wasn't quite weekly, but at some point I said, if I'm going to do this, I have to make a, a commitment to it, you know, do it yeah. once a week. And it's been once a week ever since. Oh, that's fantastic. You really were early on the podcast game. So um, that's, that's great. So um, I have some questions uh, just in general about um, MBA admissions and obviously about how it's impacted by COVID-19. And I know that's something that you've been thinking a lot about just in terms of working with some of your clients, as well as I'm sure talking with uh, folks in the M MBA admissions world to better understand what's going on. So I would love to dig into that, but maybe just to get started. So I uh, would love to know, are there any books or podcasts or things that you're kind of listening to or reading right now? Just because I'm sure like all of us, you know, you have a little bit extra free time. Maybe you're indoors a little bit. Is there anything, anything good you're listening to or reading? 
Well, I'm not sure I have extra free time actually, but um, I do have, yes, uh, probably I, I love to listen to podcasts. Usually when I work out at the gym or since I can't work out, okay, which is about personal productivity and obviously focus. Um, I also am currently reading and enjoying Dr. Jonah Berger's uh, the, the Catalyst. Yeah, yeah, I'm just reading that right now, and, and I'm enjoying it again. And I also read uh, The Choice by Dr. Edith Ager. Okay. And yes. I found it. Have you read it? I have not, but I've I um I have it on my uh, Amazon uh, list. Uh, yeah, like, it's right, excellent. Wish list. Okay. Excellent, especially in these turbulent times. Yeah. It has an unbelievable message. I recommended I recommended it to my daughter, and she couldn't put it down. She finished it in one day. Yeah. Those are great. I um I've read a couple of Dr. Jonah Berger's other other books and other things. He's a he's a prolific yeah. writer, so um uh, I I love that you mentioned that one as well. Okay, great. So let's let's jump right in. So I guess maybe let's let's set some context here. Um, Pre-COVID, you know, yes. like t- tell me a little bit about what you were seeing with the MBA admissions kind of landscape. You know, what were some of the key trends or the key right. data points that you were monitoring or tracking? Well, the, the biggest trend in the last three years really has been the decline in overall application volume, okay? We had a booming economy, uh, rising sticker price for the MBA, uh, restrictions on hiring of international graduates in the United States, a general perception that the U.S. isn't as friendly to internationals as it once had been. There, and, and all that was, I think, making for somewhat of a, a buyer's market in terms of with the applicants being the buyers and the business schools being the sellers. And schools responded to that situation. There, I think we've been seeing more competition for accepted applicants via scholarship monies. And then many, many of the schools made the effort to get STEM certified, which would allow international graduates to stay in the U.S. for up to three years after graduation. I haven't heard anything about STEM certification in the last six weeks whatsoever. There were, as before that, it was like a couple of weeks. And uh, I think COVID-19 is changing the landscape dramatically, all right? Um, MBA education has moved online. So people who wanted the traditional experience and were frankly paying for it aren't getting it. There's also just in society as a whole, there's a lot of anxiety, there's panic, uh, and of course there's uncertainty. How long is this going to last? I think that's the, the biggest question and how bad is it going to get? Now, both of these uh, realities, the fact that MBA education has moved online and that you have all this anxiety and uncertainty, and yes, even panic, they've in, I, I think they're going to contribute to increased summer melt, the, the fact that people who accepted offers are going to change their mind and decide not to go. Um, essentially, they're going to withdraw their acceptance. I think it's going to lead to lower yield for round two. The percentage of people who accept schools offers is going to be lower. And it's led to modifications and extensions for round three applicants. Big, big, big differences. Um, I was going through them today and we just put up a blog post specifically on that kind of a roundup post. Um, So that's an enormous change. Some schools are saying you can apply without a test score, any test score. Uh, Darden says that you can apply with any test score you want, even your SAT and ACT scores. Wow. Um, Yeah. Um, Others are saying you can have extra time to submit your test score. Uh, The GRE just came out with a home-based test, as did, and, and it's actually ETS that came out with it for the GRE and also for the TOEFL. GMAC says it'll have a home-based option by mid-April. 
So these are all just enormous changes in, in the scene, and they've all taken place in a matter of weeks. Yeah, I think what's interesting about it, and we were trading emails about this beforehand, is that yeah. to your point, you know, the, 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 the trends you were mentioning pre-COVID were things that were kind of happening for the past couple of years. And it, from my perspective, at least, it sounded like there was a lot of people who were just waiting, not necessarily for a global pandemic, but for changes to come, right? We don't, no yeah. one wanted a global pandemic, but they were waiting for yeah. changes to come. And right. or, unfortunately... The changes are coming, but it's a result of you know something that is you know cat- you know catastrophic. But these and then nobody of- anticipated. Sure, exactly. Yes, exactly. I mean, so I think you probably could make the argument for uh, not an economist, but for a recession. Right? There's been chatter and talk about when is it going to happen for a while, and everyone was wondering if they've had those polls of when is it going to happen or how is it going to happen, and yeah. um, no one expected this, but you know, here we are. So um, no, I think those are I think that's a great kind of lay of the land, so to speak. And so I guess- Can I, can yeah, I have go one, for it. one point? Yeah. And, and the other element that I think is really changing it, which, which you're alluding to, is that the economy is tanking right now, yeah. right? Yeah. Unemployment uh, filings have, have soared. Uh, businesses have closed. Some will unfortunately tragically go under. Now, normally recession, as for the last 25 years that I've been doing this, has always led to an increase in application volume and increase competitiveness for applicants. Yeah. And you're probably going to start seeing increased application volume by round two of next year, if not round one, depending upon how long the shutdown lasts and how deep this recession is. But I yes. think it's going to come. I just don't know exactly when. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's a great, uh, I'm glad you brought up that topic because that was something I wanted to ask you about. I think, you know, if you've You've seen some you've seen some boom and bust cycles before with MBA admissions, right? Yeah. And so I'm just curious from your perspective, knowing what you know right now, um, does this look similar, look different? You know, how does what's happening today like compare to what you've seen in previous kinds of cycles? This is unprecedented. I mean, there's yeah. nothing in my lifetime that compares to what's going on now. The last time you had a major pandemic was you know, 2018, uh, uh, sorry, 1918, 1919. Right. That's over 100 years ago. Sure. So, you know, there, there's nothing like this. The closest that I can, to me, that feels like this would be 9-11 in the yes. sense that there was tremendous insecurity. Travel was shut down, period. It, you know, there was nothing in the sky. Um, and even after planes started flying, people were afraid to fly. We also had a serious and sharp recession then but it was fairly short-lived. What's different in this case is that everyone is affected, everyone is at risk, and large segments of the economy are simply closed. Now, I don't think that's sustainable on any long-term basis, but whether it's gonna last till mid-April, the end of April, or into May, that nobody knows. And I, I certainly don't know it. Um, but I think that's, that's a major, major difference. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's dig in a little bit more to kind of the, some of the impacts this has, and maybe if we could walk through a couple different personas, if you will, and understand, okay. you know, how this is going to impact them. So I guess maybe just to start, um, let's talk about current MBA students. How does what's happening, you know, like impact them? All right. So there's year, you know, there's first year and second year MBA students for most, most programs, yep. most programs are two year programs. I think the, the people who are just graduating are probably really nervous right now. 
their start dates may be delayed or offers may be withdrawn. Um, I think, you know, they're, they're, you know, the fact that they're not having a physical uh, graduation is disappointing, but not life-changing. Uh, that, that's certainly, and, and the fact that the last part of their MBA experience is going online. Right. As you know, that's, that's, um, those are the, the main things. The biggest thing I think is uh, the impact on their hiring. Um, and that is, again, it's going to depend on how long this lasts and the field they're intending to go into. Some will do well if they're going into tech. Tech is mostly thriving now. Right. Some will struggle if they're going into travel, tourism, financial services, retail, uh, especially fashion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's tough. It's tough out there. Um, I think that's, that's going to be the group that's going to get hit the hardest. The current MBA students around year one, they're going to be more affected by the fact that the rest of this year is online and you don't know again about next year. Is it going to be offline? Is it going to be online? And, and that's going to be affecting them. Um, and the, they probably will be recruiting when there's a dip in, in job hiring. So, you know, I think that's going to be the tough part for them. But the graduates of 08 graduated and found work and succeeded. And the graduates of, you know, 2002 also, they yeah, managed. Sure. Dot com bust, they all managed. Yeah. So um, it's not, the value of the MBA is not dependent upon the year in which you, you graduate. It's harder when you graduate into recession, and, but the long-term value is still there. And if you look at the GMAC data, the satisfaction is still overwhelming right. whether they graduated in 08 or 02 or whatever the year. You know, it's, it's interesting. And I'm glad you brought that point up um, just yeah. for fun. I did a Google search earlier today on um, uh, what it's like to grad gra or what it's like to graduate with a, in a recession or, or something along those lines. No so fun. I, I, I found some, <laughs> um, I found some articles from yeah. around the 08 or nine timeframe where they actually quoted some MBA students and just for fun, I went and looked looked them up just to kind of see if I could what I could find. Oh yeah, uh, very small sample size. So okay. take this for what it's worth. Okay, okay. And I, again, like without context, it's hard to know for sure. But they're sure. fine. They're fine. I mean, they. <laughs> yeah. From what I can gather, and um, and I actually we'll see what happens. I sent an email to a couple of them to see if they would respond because I would love to bring them on the show and talk to them. But sure. They uh, they all seem to have gotten jobs at some point, and I mean, if title is an indicator now of where they are, I, I think it's worked out okay for them. Um, right. Many were vice presidents or SVPs or some had gone started their own companies, but they, they were able to, to, to look like they were ended up being okay. So. I remember reading some articles. Oh, I know what it was. It was um, GMAC's alumni survey. I think mm -hmm. it was for 2013 or 2014. Yeah. And the, one of the things they pointed out was this was five years after the, yes. the crash. Yeah. And they were overwhelmingly satisfied with their MBA experience and where they were going and the ROI and everything, even though they definitely had a, a bumpy start, sure. kind of a stomach, stomach churning start, I would say, yeah. to their career. They were doing fine. Yeah. So uh, let's dig in further a little bit more about some of the impacts. So um, we talked about current MBA students, but what about current applicants? You know, how does this impact them? And then also maybe like what what kinds of things are you hearing from some of your, you know, clients who are current applicants right now? Like what's kind of, what are, what are they have been kind of asking you or what's in their head or what are they thinking about? Well, for current applicants, um, they, there's, there's two groups. Okay. There's a group that's applied and accepted. 
And then there's a group that's, should I apply now? Right. Or, or I applied and I want to retake the GMAT or, you know, something like that. Um, And they're, they're in kind of a, a funny place. I think they have to think about what's motivating them to pursue the MBA, especially those that are already accepted. Um, if they're motivated because they want a credential and an education, I think the value of the MBA education, even if some of it is moved online, combined with, and, and we work mostly with applicants to, t- to the top sure. 15, top 25 you know, schools, okay? So the value of that education and that degree, even in a different venue, is still going to be there. The, the alumni network is still going to be there. The brand is still going to be there. That's not going to change. And therefore, I would encourage those applicants to, to move forward. Um, however, if you have, if you're primarily interested in experiential learning, global treks, um, and networking opportunities, then maybe you should think about waiting. Yeah. <laughs> um, because then your, your goals are different. Your Absolutely. goals are different and it's and the online MBA may not serve your needs quite as well. And then, you know, so that's, that's a little bit different. Now, the other thing in terms of applicants who haven't yet submitted and are considering a round three application, I normally, most years, discourage round three applications unless somebody really has stellar, stellar qualifications or really strong diversity points where they're going to, they're going to bring something special to the table. This year is different. Yes. And I would say to applicants who are, are considering a round three application and who already have their test score, maybe they were planning to apply to round one, they're a basically competitive applicant, they know why they want an MBA, they know where they want to apply, they have, they're basically ready, do it. Because I suspect that schools did not have a great year in terms of application volume, they're very nervous about the summer melt, they're nervous about people who are, are going to um, about reduced yield from round two, and they are going to very much be interested in round three vanilla competitive applicants. Yes. That's my suggestion. Um, and you could see, again, if, if the recession hits and has the impact that I'm anticipating, then you're going to see, again, I don't know if it'll be round one or round two or the following year, you're going to see an increase in application volume. Right. As a, as a follow-up to that, there are probably some applicants out there who applied and did not get in maybe to a school or, of, that they wanted to get into or right. um, to maybe any schools at all, whether they got rejected or they got waitlisted. If they still want to go this year, it should, should they just go check the rankings again and, and look at some programs to see like what else might be a potential fit? Like, is this a good time for them to look at some other options? Yes. Yeah, again, if they, if they are basically qualified, they should proceed. I wouldn't even go farther. The schools, I was, I was working on this this morning. Um, the schools are getting very, very liberal in terms of what they're going to accept and when they're going to accept it. They're trying to be very flexible. And they're doing it both out of... Uh, compassion for applicants who are stuck as well as reasons that are just like I said. So if you don't have a test score, but would consider the GRE at home test or considering a school that has made the test optional for round three applicants, get that application in as soon as possible before the schools change their mind and say, you should take the at home version. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so maybe the last persona, if you will. What about those folks who maybe this year they were working on that GMAT or trying to study for it, and they were thinking about applying, you know, next fall? You know, what what kind of implications does this have for them? I think, again, it, they they have to look at their motivations for applying. Mm-hmm. Okay, if their motivations are that they want the brand and they want the education, because the, the the online education has really improved, right? Yeah. As a, as an education then I think they should proceed and they should examine whether they even want to submit now. Yeah. If, if they um, don't want to submit now, then I would say aim for round one because I, you, you might find, you know, more competition round two or, or the following year, but get your ducks lined up and be ready to go as soon as possible. Um, If, that would be my advice. If again, and if you feel that it's experiential learning that you're most interested in, don't apply round three at all. See what's happening. Yeah. And if things are much more normal, as hopefully they will be right. by September, by all means, apply right away. Yeah. No, I think that's great advice. And uh, another follow up for you uh, on a topic that I am very passionate about because I lived it and I know you know a thing or two about. What about if you're a current applicant who's wait, been waitlisted for this year? So mm. you didn't you didn't get into the school, but you're you're on the waitlist. Um, you know, based off of what you typically tell applicants and who are waitlisted, is there anything you know additional that they should be thinking about or considering just with respect to the special circumstances that are you know this year? Right. I think that the the demonstrated interest is going to be more important in this circumstance. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, you're not going to miss out on a virtual, uh, on, a, on an admit weekend if you're waitlisted this time around For sure. because they're all virtual now. Yep. But I think demonstrate interest will count a lot more. I also think that schools are going to lengthen their wait lists uh, for round two and round three. And they're going to use it more extensively. Right. Um, but, you know, I think if, if you would accept a waitlist offer immediately, then you have to tell the school. They're not going to read your mind. Right. Right. Yes. No, I think you're right. And I mean, I think that when I think about the waitlist in general, like to your point, um, demonstrated interest is always is, is always yeah. something that's super important. But I think even more so they're going to want to hear it because they, they they really want people who they know are going to come because exactly. they, are, they are worried of, yeah. of people. Of and, people and you know, if they have uh, online webinars, Zoom meetings for waitlist applicants, go to them. That's yes. one way to demonstrate interest. Yeah. If they have a virtual tour, take it if you haven't visited the school already. Um, do whatever you can to demonstrate that interest, not only in word by writing a letter or email, but in deed. Yep, for sure. Okay, um, so would love for you just to kind of put on your, your admissions director hat right now, just to give our, our uh, mm-hmm. listeners just a little bit of perspective in terms of, you know, what is an admissions director thinking about right now? I'm sure a lot of things, but, you know, right. like if you're an admissions director right now, like what's going on in your head? You know, what are you trying to do? How are you trying to like manage through this? Well, the admissions directors, like everybody else, is probably trying to worry about how much toilet paper they get into the of house. Of course. But... <laughs> yes. We're all worried. <laughs> but... <about that>. yes. <laughs> but, you know, all that stuff, um, staying sane, but speaking more seriously, I think they're, they're worried about serving applicants fairly. I I've yeah. generally have a very high opinion of admissions directors, uh, and they, they do want to serve applicants, most of them. At the same time, they also have you know, deans to answer to. So they're going to be worried about keeping up the application volume for their school. Uh, 
They're going to worry about maintaining class quality and admitting people who are going to thrive in the program and be hireable upon uh, graduation. And they're also going to be worrying about, as I've mentioned a couple of times, dealing with an anticipated higher summer melt and lower yield for round two. So I think those are the, the factors that they're going to be, um, what they're going to be thinking about. No, I think that I think those are all they just make a ton of sense. And I've I've had the chance to just trade emails with a couple of folks this week, uh, and who are missions directors, and also just some other professionals who work in MBA programs. Uh, it's definitely a busy time um, for them. Um, right. And you know, number one, they're all transitioning to working remote, just like the rest of us or many of us are right now. So there's that element of it. And then the other thing is just trying to, as you said, kind of you know manage through this. But you know, in particular. Uh, schools in general, the this time of year, I think, is always tricky in that some of them are trying, you're simultaneously trying to usher in a nice way the students mm -hmm. out the door while trying to ramp up, you know, the incoming, you know, class. And it, you know, in general, this is a busy time of year for being able to manage those and, you know, add everything on top of that and just just adds like a layer, you know, a layer of complexity. Um, I, I have been, so far, at a lot of schools have been... Um, impressed at the care and concern that they're placing on both applicants as well as students uh, and just, you know, showing, trying to demonstrate empathy and understanding and trying to accommodate the best they can. While I'm sure many of them are ch challenged by the same things that all of us are, are kind of working through in our right. own personal lives. So um, it has been, um, but to your point, what we were talking about from earlier, there have been so many announcements that have come through in the past <sighs> A uh, week or two. Three days. This week day, yeah. alone. Right, right. It's uh, it's changed vastly just even since when we started, you and I started emailing each other last week. Right, right. I mean, if we were to look at, I, I, I meant to look at that email before the call. I mean, I think it, it's changed so much. Yeah. I know I had, I think I, I told you that we had a, a staff meeting and in the meeting, I said, you know, I think they're going to be, there's going to be remote test taking. Yes. And sure enough. And, well, yeah, I said there might be remote test taking and it might go test optional. And my staff said, no, that'll never happen. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Yeah. But uh, it has happened. It yeah. has happened. Yeah. Okay. So knowing all of what's going on, um, you know, what had, what, what's some of your closing advice here in terms of if you're currently, both you're currently like a, you've applied or like are applying and then also perhaps maybe for the folks who are thinking about applying in the future, you know, what kind of advice do you, do you have for that, for those kinds of applicants? Well, I'm a big believer in, in thinking about your reasons for pursuing the MBA and letting you, those guide you. So I'm going to go back to, to that. What are your goals? What are your reasons for the MBA? Is there a next best alternative? If the MBA is the best means for you to achieve your goals, I don't think the value of the MBA is going to be damaged long-term by what's going on now. In general, I think when we're in the midst of a crisis, and this is a crisis, we tend to, whether it's a personal crisis or a societal crisis, it's like we're all consumed with it. The news is filled with it. We're thinking about it. Yeah. And we almost, we can't see beyond the immediate. Yeah. It's very hard to think long-term, much harder to think long-term. Yeah. Yeah. This is a temporary situation. There will either be a treatment for COVID uh, or treatment for COVID, or there will be a vaccine. It will get better. Um, we will go back to work. Education, I think, will be changed. Sure. But, you know, I don't think it's going to be, I think uh, a lot of things will be changed after this. 
but some things are, are going to return maybe to a new normal, but they will get back to normal. Um, and I don't think the value of the MBA is really going to be diminished. So if your, your purpose for pursuing the MBA still holds, still has value, uh, has, has purpose, as speaks to you, then go for it. And what I, what I was trying to get across before is that round three this year may be a better time to go for it than even round one of next year. Right. If you have, like you were telling the, the people who were rejected from several schools may go to other schools. I'm not a big fan of just looking at, at the rankings and kind of going eeny, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> um, I would again look at employment reports to see which ones are going to support your goals and your professional aims and then go, go from there and say, okay, that's, you know, that I'm competitive at that school. That school is going to support my goals. Let me, let me give it a shot. And there are some schools that are saying, if you cannot take the GMAT or GRE, even then we'll consider you. I think Wharton is saying that. Um, and again, Darden is saying we'll take your SAT or ACT or whatever country specific test you had to take to get into college. Yep. So the opportunities are there for those who know the MBA is right and who have are, and, are, and who are ready to apply basically. No, I think, I think that's great advice for, for MBA applicants. And so thank you. Thank you for sharing all that. My last question for you, um, you know, obviously there's accepted.com and obviously you provide a lot of comprehensive different services. If our listeners are interested in learning more, like where can they find you or how should they, how should they interact or engage with you? Well, you can always Google Linda Abraham Accepted. That'll take you to my bio page, almost for sure. Yeah. Um, if you do want to communicate with me, you can go to accepted.com slash Linda. That will take you to a form that you can fill out and the, and the information will come to me. If you're interested in our admissions consulting services to discuss your specific situation, then by all means, visit accepted.com slash MBA slash services. And we'd be delighted to work with you, whether it's round three or next year. Great. Well, Linda, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing some of your insights and, and what you know. I uh, really appreciate it and all that you do for MBA aspirants out there. You're most welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Hi, everyone. LD here. Thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to head over to iTunes to write a review. It will take you 15 seconds, and I'll be very grateful for it. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how I can improve. You can find me on LinkedIn, or you can head over to mbaschooled.com backslash mbainsiderpodcast.